Check One. Hi, I'm Tom. And I'm Jeanette. And we're husband and wife. We've come together on this journey of soul discovery and self-discovery. We've opened up a whole new level of spiritual abilities and healing modalities. All while being parents, partners, business owners, and coaches. We welcome you to this space to be part of the discussion of life and how we're all connected. Welcome to Energetic Armor. Hi. Hey, welcome. We're here again. Episode six? Episode six. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) There are some days when I feel that statement so much, Mm -hmm. and today is one of those days. Oh my gosh, yeah. We're purpose driven, Mm -hmm. but as far as outcomes and deadlines and timelines, it's like, holy moly. (laughs) So, as an example, for those of you who are watching and listening, Mm -hmm. um, an hour before the podcast and setting up, it takes me, you know, 30 to 45 minutes to set everything up and tweak everything and do things how I like it. Um, I'm running around and getting all the ring lights and nice lights that we have so that you can see us all perfectly and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Well, as best as I can, given <laughs> our budgetary and our confinements and all that stuff, right? So I'm running around like mad and I'm also hyperlapsing this so that you can see me doing it in fast motion and then I can share it with everyone so that, you know, my 45 minutes will only take, you know, 30 seconds or a minute for people to watch me you know, do my thing. Yep. So as I'm in the middle of that, I'm like, okay, I have to go upstairs now and where Jeanette does all of her work and her beaded work on a table. She's got these spotlights or these ring lights that really help her see things. So I'm just going to pop them off the table and then I come downstairs and set them up. I do it, you know, I've been doing it for the last three or four podcasts, I think. So I go upstairs, pop them off the desk. Well, as I'm pulling the desk, we have a desk that is a slide out desk attached to another piece of furniture. And at the end of the slide out, if you can imagine... There's no stoppers. So this is a four foot desk, right? With a chair underneath it. And there's no stopper at the end of the desk. So when I pulled the light out, it was the table. I did not know this in advance was hanging by a millimeter or a thread. So the second I pulled that light, the whole table and Mm. all of its contents dumped on the floor. Thousands of dollars worth of gems. Right. Not only that. Well, the beads are, are the gems are all saved. Everything's fine. Oh, they're saved. It's the mess. I'm in the middle of setting things up, doing a hyperlapse, and today's a crazy day because there's a lot of things happening today. There's always a lot of things happening today, but today there's especially more things happening today. And uh, I had to take a 45 minute break upstairs on my hands and knees, like finger picking beads one after another. There was, I mean, I tried to organize what I could, but for the most part, it was just put them all in a bowl and apologize to Jeanette. (laughs) I hope you can (laughs) sort through I was on the phone trying to figure out our other things. Yeah, all the the back anyway. end. The, the so this is a beautiful side. segue. This is, you know what? This also reminds me of the reason why we're teaching energetic foundations. Well, that and this is a, such an important thing. Mm-hmm. How do you handle the things that happen in life that you n- did not plan for? Yeah, and that are that you didn't manifest. That you didn't write. Or did a, you? No, I, I, there's certain things that life, the universe, just wants to throw at you that you have no control over. Mm. right and it could be illusory so it could look a certain way so for example transitioning from one stage of life to the next we don't ask for aging but it happens yeah we don't ask for death but it happens yep like it's going to happen we don't manifest not to but we understand from a higher or greater expanse of consciousness that we know that there's there's more there's energy that's happening here and i am part of something greater so in the midst of what would appear to be a crisis 
or a catastrophe or a disaster, mm-hmm. and maybe you've spilled the beads or whatever that could look like in your life with career, relationship, mm-hmm. you know, your connection to energy, the choices that you make, whatever's happening, and the beads spill all over the floor in the middle of this catastrophe or this disaster, how you handle that? Mm. What's happening internally? How are you aligning? How are you balancing? Yeah. Because what and how you respond with in that moment is what you're going to manifest for that which is going to come to you later. So What's the I could have lost my right. What's I could have lost my lost it completely. Mm-hmm. And had I lost it completely, I would have been up there making way more disastrous debris all over the place. Mm-hmm. I could have, you know, slipped and cracked my head or smashed some more of this or or just been upset and fell down the stairs and then this podcast would have looked different. So yeah. my hands and knees hurting my knees, I'm picking up literally by like I'm picking up six like, millimeter. Oh man, it's like needle in a haystack stuff, yeah. right? So how did I handle that? Yeah. And what is the manifestation that occurs after I energetically handle that the way I need to? Mm. And I love how Abraham Hicks talks about momentum. It's that 17 seconds. And then that 17, you know, once you get to 68 seconds of the energetic vibration that you are carrying within you, that is what creates manifestations. So are you aware are Absolutely. you aware of the 17 seconds? Are you aware of the 34? Are you aware of the 68? Yeah. And, and and for me, like, I don't I don't hold attached to the numbers or the seconds. Mm. I just know that in the present moment, if you're living in the present moment, yeah. I know that whatever you're feeling is whatever you're going to manifest well, at the, a later date. The numbers are a representation of how fast this happens. Mm. So you have to think about how quick you have to react and align energetically because if you don't if you hold on to the reaction of the negative we'll just say negative emotional response then what is going to manifest so i think those seconds are really just a guideline to show you how quick you can spiral out of control or in control man absolutely what's your choice and that's so beautiful because events Mm. can occur the same event is looked at differently from all the perspectives that are viewing or participating mm-hmm. in that event 12 different perspectives there to a sphere or if there's a million people experiencing one thing each one of those is one million different universes taking in that experience and then when you have similar experiences it creates a collective mm. so how are you going to handle and i always say this in my teachings and what we talk about sometimes with session work is that event occurs bam there it is usually typically with no sort of emotional training or spiritual development or mindset development Event occurs, reaction is immediate. Yep. It's an uncontrollable reaction. And there's sometimes in life that we're challenged by our reactions. Mm-hmm. And usually with spiritual work or mindset work and emotional type of self-development work, reaction occurs and we are trained and we're, mm-hmm. we work on this through practice and through our subconscious um, and repetition and doing all those things that event occurs, give it some space. Mm-hmm. And space is time. Mm-hmm. And Abraham Hicks is saying in increments of 17, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And the other thing to add into there, too, is that it's it's not just the spirituality or the mindset work. This is where our breath and our body and coherence comes mm. into play. Mm-hmm. Breath work comes into play. And and the um, and and the alignment that you feel with your breath. I think that's something that, you know, you know, people are wondering, well, I can't meditate. I just had a conversation with, with a friend yesterday. She's like, oh, I'm just too wound up. There's no way I could sit and meditate. Mm. Well, what vantage point are you looking at? Do you want to? Mm. Well, then that's a decision. That's mm-hmm. discipline. That's a choice. Absolutely. 
right? So, you know. And like medit- you can actively decide to meditate by doing something. It's not the same, but it's like not um, participating as much as awakened meditation is when you sleep. Mm-hmm. People sleep often every yeah, night. We that, have to. Yeah, that just shuts down the momentum. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. well, I don't believe that, you know, you, you can't meditate. I mean, by choice, you're choosing not to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And same with musical people. Mm. Everyone has a musical attribute. Yeah. It looks different per person. Some of them are absolute prodigies and geniuses. And some of them can barely get through, yeah. you know, happy birthday or Mary had a little lamb or whatever. But, but how they all... experienced um, the music though too, what is their like response to experiencing it? And that's the whole it's other a, thing. It's a, it's a yeah. universal language. It absolutely is. And the thing about the human body for those who uh, are wondering if they're connected to music or not is, well, you can feel it in your body. Yeah, yeah. And music is yeah. parallel to spirit and energy as well. Yeah. So biologically, our hearts are rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Right, we know this. Our breath, should we pay attention, is rhythmic. Yeah. Inhale, we exhale. Walking, yeah, is rhythmic. Right. So we have rhythms. We have patterns. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is, in a type of meditation, is zone in Focus. to what our body mm-hmm. is doing, and then you can get into a meditative state by even listening to music mm-hmm. or, or patterns or rhythms. But the, I guess there's a a line you don't want to cross there. Mm-hmm. where you're relying so much on music to create an emotion for you mm. as opposed to finding peace and stillness in a repetitive in the quiet. Or, or in the quiet. Mm. Because your brain is going to receive and and um, not only receive, but it's going to reprogram differently mm. if you're in quiet versus in music. There's, yeah, there's different things happening, you know, um, in all of those atoms that we talked about on one of those other podcasts, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a second. Mm. there's some people and i'm I'm all for music i'm a musician i've got guitars i've got a studio i've got all kinds of stuff that's why we have all this stuff (laughs) right all this gear (laughs) i love music right it's something it's a recreation of art it's a recreation of spirit and i love that however music might not serve a purpose when like other visual things in the world around you it's hijacking your emotions Mm. so we had a discussion earlier about like um how people dress and how people should appear if they decide to appear a certain way or whatever and how any of that or all of that can affect other people without that person consciously even knowing what's happening to collectively the other people around them. Mm -hmm. And so I said, for example, um, if someone is dressed a certain way or, you know, um, if you stumble across an ad, for example, on YouTube or whatever, and it's this person, doesn't matter who, male or female. Oh, we talk about it. Being sexually Mm -hmm. charged with barely anything on and being very explicit or whatever. And we see this person and all of a sudden my emotions are hijacked because they're, it's like they're hijacking my hormones because here I yeah. am taking part in something. I didn't ask for this ad. I yeah. didn't want this ad. I was browsing on whatever. And some people say, oh, but your user history is, but not all the time, right? It doesn't take much where one visual image, one visual cue, like they could be selling a guitar that I want. Yeah. I've been Google searching that guitar. And the next thing you know, you see someone in like, a bikini a wearing bikini, it. <laughs> uh, right. Or like a, a man with no shirt with it over his, his his back or something. And all of a sudden I'm I've I wasn't intending on having any sexual sort of feelings or misfirings at all. And I call that like a spiritual or a mental emotional hijack, hijacking. Right. Yeah. And so this is what I'm talking about is no intentions, boom, event, vision occurs, or you hear something musically, and the next thing you're taken out of balance mm. very quickly. 
because you've subjected yourself to this inadvertently didn't mean to but now you have to realign and catch yourself before you do that mm. and most people just scroll and they see it and it's just visual we talked about this in like the 90s 80s 90s when people were talking about violence on television yeah and by the time you're whatever age you've seen however many murders and however many gunshots and however many rapes and however oh many, my gosh right and that is quite numbing now yeah now our it's, generation is it's oh it's so much there are children that we're raising absolutely it's even more so. Because they have and, access to all of it. Mm -hmm. And when you are not intentionally looking for it, and all, you have, all I had to do was click one of those links, right? Yes. And maybe it was an advertisement for the guitar, but also it could have been an advertisement for the clothing and then an advertisement for that model. Mm -hmm. And then, well, what's that model up to? You know, am I going to go to this dude's website where he, you know, all of a sudden I'm taken off my track. Yeah. All because I was Google searching a guitar and it showed a model or a person in this. And I'm gone way off my balance through distractions. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love it's the like internet. A it's like a physiological um, hijacking. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's it's really going back to our, um, our, uh, what's the word? Like instincts In, Yeah, like your like, instincts, your, mm. yeah, that, that just basic human instinct, yeah. drive, desire, like those yeah. lower chakras. Right. And we talked right? about it with um, like the fight Flight, fight or flight or yeah. hide responses mm -hmm. that are inert and innate in every person yeah. when you know dramatic crisis occurs all of a sudden boom our brains flip into that mode and, and we, it doesn't even have to be a crisis no but we well, that's a really good but we'll go there next <laughs> okay is that these things occur and then all of a sudden we are in a state of like oh my gosh oh my gosh anxiety stress we must run hide yeah or whatever right or fight yeah so you're you're tripped by this reactive emotion or mm -hmm. this reactive event that occurs and all of a sudden you're biologically, physiologically in this event. Yes. So that occurs what I was just talking about with like the distractions that you see when you're Googling or mm -hmm. when you're whatever. Boom, all of a sudden you're hijacked or a person comes up to you and they say something, boom, you're hijacked, you're hijacked. So being aware of that yeah. is where we go inward and when we can stick to our balance and come back to even keel. So, right. And that's kind of where that whole energy, that like, that's what I feel like is going to be taught with energetic foundations mm. is how to understand yourself as an energetic being. Absolutely. Mm, like, oh, do we even, do we even, can we even really ask yourself this question right now? Can you concept, do you conceptualize yourself? Do you understand yourself as an energy being? Absolutely. Do you understand that every single millisecond is energy? Yeah. Like, and I don't know if everybody gets that or mm. embodies it. So yeah. this is what's going to be beautiful to teach this mm. because I know that so many people, I know who we talk about, you know, who needs this or what have you. And it's like, wow, doesn't everybody don't kids. Yeah. This is, this is another beautiful thing too, is that, you know, children, they are, they are already like, so they're still innocent and not socially conditioned. Oh, let's talk about that session that you did the other night um, on a little one. And how their energy body felt so different mm. than the ones that you connect with. And why is that? We came to it. It was like, they're not socially conditioned yet. Right. So their energetic body feels completely different. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'll do a quick <sighs> rundown. When I'm doing like an energetic session or doing Reiki or that type of healing thing, you tune into people's energy. You can just feel them. And we've already talked about this earlier. And we all understand that you can enter a room or someone enters a room and there's a feeling depending on the crowd or depending who walks in, you just, ugh. This is something that happens, right? Mm -hmm. You feel it inertly, innately. So when you're working on a person who's experienced, doesn't matter the age, and the experience could have been 
that they've been through crisis and trauma. And usually you, you reach a certain point, you know, let's say in your 25, 30s, whatever. Every person's different, but sometimes it's way sooner than that in different countries and depending on the political issues of the area and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, people just carry around what has happened to them. Mm-hmm. And it's in their energy. Everything, you can just feel it when you're aligned and when you're tuned in with energy. Mm-hmm. So when you see someone who's, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever, and they've accumulated the scarring energetically that occurs and they might not be aware of it, you can just feel this like draw that's Mm -hmm. like a a downward sort of pull is the best way to describe it Mm. of their energy and how it's affecting you. It's like heavy. It's heavy and it's very like burdensome. Sluggish. Right. So when Mm. you're charged... And when you've you've protected yourself energetically, you can acknowledge that and not take any of it on oh, whatsoever. Yeah. You just see it. You're like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, that's the color red, or yeah. like that's the color blue, or that's a big truck, or you just you get it, you see it, you understand, and you can separate yourself from that. People don't understand that energetically. If you mm. Don't understand. You have. You to don't do understand that, energy. You're in it with them. Oh yeah, you're because it's a it magnet. It's a exactly. It's, it's a, a magnetic collective. pole. Yeah. It's like a virus. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So when you work with someone who is of you know, aged and of experience and a lot of the experiences struggle and they haven't been able to cope or deal with or energetically, spiritually work on clearing that self so they can be in a high vibration or be in their own personal alignment or be in communication with God so that they can move forward in the right purposeful of service to themselves and direction. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. It's anything goes. Yeah. Anything goes. It looks, it can be devastating for that person you're working on. Like their lives are just in absolute chaos and turmoil. And mm. it leads to anxiety, stress, depression, fear, rage, all that stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. A child mm. that is two to three years old has experienced none of that. None of that. And so it's like the preconditioning that happens occurs based on the paradigms of people who are raising that child or the society in which they're in or the things that the, ch- the child's subjected to um either locally or demographically whatever i mean you can name what those things could be mm. if you think about you know apartheid and what happens to children and people in war-torn countries when they have to flee their countries of refugees like that's trauma and it can happen mm. at any age mm. and that stuff is carried out throughout not only you know the parents and the children's lives but it's passed on if it's yeah. not cleared through yeah. epigenetics and that kind of thing. Whatever mm-hmm. happens to the DNA, the chromosomes, they pass it on. Yeah. We're discovering this through science. So yeah. a child that has had none of that and is showing up with as a blank slate based on their own experience, it's so simple and it's so pure. And it's a joy to kind of connect to that energy mm. because you, you get to experience um, their reality and their energetic bodies and they're closest to source because mm-hmm. they don't—they're not carrying the weights of, you know, what we've had to carry as far as struggle and burdens and have to deal with all those things. They have mm. none of that. Theirs are just so simple, and their brains aren't doing the same things that ours have been trained to do and how mm-hmm. to deal with this life. You know, they don't have that. Yeah. So when you're in connection energetically, it's—it's it's a really beautiful thing, right? It's like imagine you had a dictionary, and uh, you know, from A to Z, and to find the right word. You have to sift through, go through pages. And it's not Google, we're talking about books here. So where you have to sift through and look through everything and find it. Well, a child is like, well, you get that book, same book, you open it up and there's only three or four words there. Mm. So the word you're looking for is just right there. Mm. And you can just sit there and be like, oh, 
this is really nice. Yeah. You know, and as an, from an energy perspective, and when you're working on that, like it's, there's a delicacy there and you're like, oh, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't, not influencing, I'm not taking, I'm just like, this is observation yeah. and I feel what's happening. So this child in particular, um, uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to take it from here to, no, no, to sort of fill in the blanks? Okay. So there were concerns um, from relatives and from parents and stuff that this child would be different um, because he uh, had a certain diagnosis, mm -hmm. I guess, on um, how he is and how that can affect the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, people of all of all walks of life, I mean, there's so many, how many people have certain specific diagnosis and yeah. they carry on as best they can as human beings with this in this world around mm -hmm. them. But energetically, it was like that same night after the session, I was just scrolling through things and I found this and it made me cry. It was this beautiful, uh, I think it was a TikTok or something. And it was this mom who was holding her daughter and their daughter was very special needs. And I mean, severe mental incapacitations mm -hmm. where, you know, she was drooling and you could see that there was, you know, abnormalities as far as her physical and her face and she couldn't communicate. Mm -hmm. And oh, it's, it's making me... <laughs> <laughs> But just just to see the mom and the child looking at each other, just mm -hmm. beautiful. And you know, yeah, me too. Because you know what I just thought of is that what I think, and and this was my message to that that mom. And I just I I my soul feels this on a really big level, and I don't mean big as in it's just like a that expansion of awareness, yep. which is those souls come here if we actually looked at every single person as a soul and not their physical their mm. preconditioned how their fit in. yeah all of those things if yeah. we just looked at them as a soul and even as they get conditioned as they're older mm. and maybe they hurt us and maybe there's traumas yep. and maybe they're part of the trauma that we experience yep. at the end of the day they are source they, they are, are closer love. and they're through rudimentary displays yeah. of the connection in the physical that we get to connect with. And those children, those experiences, those, they come to us to not only teach us as individual souls, but mm. that's not even, we're, we're looking at souls here. We're teaching soul lessons, mm. not these personal heavy 3d lessons that are like mm -hmm. you sinned. So you're going to get this bad karma. Yeah. It's not that it's something so much more expansive. And so beautiful. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting and not to hijack what you're saying right now, no, but just okay. that's what my dad did his entire life. Mm. Right. He dealt with those. He helped those children. He was a, a resource teacher. Yeah. And a, a, you know, a inner city school that had a lot of issues and funding issues and teacher behavior issues were, a lot of the students yeah. came with so many, I mean, disgusting, horrible issues. Yeah. But in the middle of that school, you found children who were special needs or needed a lot of assistance. And um, they required even more so because they were in an in inner city. So those parents really didn't know mm -hmm. that this type of stuff. So that's what my dad did all day, every day, was he surrounded himself with these children who were non-communicative, perhaps in wheelchairs, not yeah. able to walk, non-verbal. And he would find God. You'd find the beauty and the love and the spirit, the energy 
with each one of these. Without even understanding energy, he understood energy. And I think at its very most fundamental core, that is why we want everybody to understand energy. Absolutely. Because if they did, they might look at their experienced person differently. And I know that one of the things that really came to me, because it's funny, um, uh, I'm excited to actually do Reiki on like a toddler, like in, mm. other than my kids, because yeah. that's the thing is that I do Reiki on those souls that are coming in mm. to the world. And so when I do energy work on someone that is giving birth, I connect to the baby in this soul, but not the baby. It's the soul. And like, when you say a child is that it's like most pure form, mm. it's like, yeah, they absolutely are. But it's, it's even, I think it feels so, and you've done it on a pregnant woman before yeah. too. So like that, I don't know, there's just something so, ah, it's just like a, a blank canvas, Absolutely, you know? Um, and so I feel like if we could, and I think this is probably why maybe my spirit has issues with labels and whatever is that I understand we're all trying to fit in, mm -hmm. but while we're trying to fit into all of these different boxes mm -hmm. into a community or a box that fits us, we're, we're distracting ourselves from being a connection to source. And we're distracted by like achievements mm. and results and comparisons to the next person or you know, the comparisons the and the competition. Yeah. And, and I know that, you know, my message to that mom, and even when she told me about, you know, this, I was like, don't treat him different. And if you mm. look at any of the kids that aren't treated differently, they, 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 they're, they exceed, they thrive. They thrive. They exactly. And, and in even, most cases, yeah, some of them are prodigies or genius in their own Absolutely. right. Absolutely. They've been nurtured in their in intellect mixed with their genius and all that stuff. And, and they've been nurtured they've energetically. Been nurtured. Exactly. Love, love, you love, love your is your best mm. resource yeah. for that child for the duration of, of that child's life. And we said too, that I think, and I mean, this is just my assumption, but I think the reason some of these kids or some of these, you know, souls that incarnate here with those physical development issues, mm -hmm. the reason they don't thrive is because the people that are caring for them don't have an understanding. They don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And because they don't know how to do it, they look for outside sources to yep. do it and they don't have the confidence mm -hmm to believe or the the feeling of their their innate ability within them to yeah. understand energy it's within us you don't have to learn this you already know it we're just helping you remember <laughs> that's true like, we're not teaching you anything you don't know yeah. and oftentimes it's like parents in that perspective they really feel like they're they're doing the best for their child mm. because they're looking at all these possible resources but oftentimes it's through the lens or through the filter of like fear for their child. Like yeah, fear that for my child their... is, is, is different. He's been diagnosed or yeah. she's been diagnosed. And we know that with that diagnosis comes, you know, specific paths mm -hmm. that this child can take as this child develops and get old, gets older. Yeah. So how do I navigate these waters? Yeah. And am I going to do the right thing and the best thing? And, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you become out of your alignment in the present. Absolutely. And you're in a constant state of fear, of uncertainty, of trying to control and trying to fix and, mm -hmm. and doing the best. And you're caught up then in this big snowball of, yeah. in the snowball effect of turning something that is really manageable. Yeah. And actually beautiful. Yeah. Into something that can turn into 
like any other problem that you put so much attention on, it turns into something that's, that overwhelms you and then consumes you. And if you are a person that is experiencing that and in an overwhelming situation, because it's not even kids, you know, it's, it's, it's older, it's dementia, it's, yeah. you know, also like all of those different um, diseases that affect our body. Yeah. But what does a person experience energetically? And that is the mm -hmm. fundamental, like guidance system compass yeah. that we should all be living by absolutely and if we did that and if we understood it and remembered it then our interactions would be different here's another thing i feel like if if we all looked at oh my gosh my soul chose your soul your soul chose my soul before we even came here and if we actually looked at that as a belief system oh yeah think about that for a second if that was your belief <laughs> What lens mm. would you look at life through? Absolutely. And because imagine, that's what we want to change is what's exactly. that lens? And what's that? Imagine you're not so much results or outcome based and you are like your filtration is on like being of your highest vibration that you can maintaining this body, mm. um, that your, your energy is high and that you are experiencing love purpose. And so you no longer feel an emptiness that you have to keep trying to fill up, fill up, fill up from this world around you because you are on purpose and you're mm. aligned with your energy and that greater connection. And everything you do is of service base and mm. it is valuable to yourself and other people. And the outcomes just take care of themselves and you can feel blessed and, mm -hmm. and be thankful and have so much gratitude for those things that happen. But it's not because you're aligned with an outcome that says, I need I was, my yacht, I need my $500 million, I need my house on the beach. I need my connection to source and God and energy. And I, through that, I can manifest whatever. I think that's the thing though, Tom, is that the word purpose has been hijacked. Can you explain that? Yeah, because purpose driven, mm -hmm. how many people's lenses go through purpose driven by what job did I get? Oh. How high am I on the, the, the chain yeah. of whatever? How much money do I have? When am I mm. going to retire? Do I have X amount of dollars? Yeah. Are my investments in order? Is my house in order? Is yeah. it blah, 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 blah. Right. So purpose And there's nothing driven, wrong like, with those it's things. It's not that there's anything wrong with it. you're aligned. That's, are you experiencing? So yeah. a purpose-driven life isn't an outcome-driven life. A purpose-driven life is an inner feeling of daily experiences. Mm -hmm. and that so is connected. That is, and yes. And purposeful. Yeah. And from my perspective. But the purposeful becomes, doesn't have to have an outcome. No. It just has to be a feeling. Yeah. Like, because. And typically though, like it, there's, there's action involved mm -hmm. with the feeling. Well, for example, think of like our purpose driven life. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday was setting up a pool and experiencing <laughs> swimming with the kids. Most days it's forest walks. Yeah. What are those yeah. what are those experiences that you're experiencing with others? Because let's face it, we're social beings. Mm. You know, we want to experience things with others. Mm -hmm. But we got on this earlier today. Thank you. I was just about to say, <laughs> yes, say, we are social beings. However, however, what this is where this is another part where we want to get people at is remembering what it's like to just be with yourself. Mm -hmm. And is that that in and of itself is a feeling that is also a purpose driven life. This is beautiful. <laughs> and I would say, I don't know what the numbers are, but it, they don't matter, I guess, in what it is I'm about to say. So many people live their lives in expectations that have been placed on them 
from the moment they were born and typically some cases until the moment that they die mm-hmm. and they've never been truly been free to make an exploratory inner self choice mm. and they've been their lives have been dictated mm-hmm. by paradigms mm-hmm. or by systems mm-hmm. um you know it can look like parents it can look like peers by it religious can like religious sectors. beliefs it can look like colleagues uh, you know in an academic setting mm-hmm. you know other people have been given their existence that this person's existence validation mm-hmm. based on outcomes mm-hmm. based on outcomes. And, and based on someone find, else's outcome you find an alignment with these people that mm-hmm. have been sort of preconditioned with your existence by other people who have told you this is how you have to be, mm-hmm. right? So that that is bonkers yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because, you know, we are all here for, very, in my opinion, very spiritual, very energetic, very purpose-driven, not in the sense of what other people think and how you fit in with these people, but with your connection to source and yes. energy and then what it is that you can dictate and what it's asking for you or of you potentially. Um, and when you're in that alignment and then you go about doing it and how that looks... How many people do you know? And I know plenty because I see often. I mm-hmm. see them often through my practice that have all the stuff. Oh my gosh. Full bank account. Yeah. You know, that maybe they're mid careers or late careers, all the cars, the mm-hmm. house bills paid off, kids are grown up and they're empty. Mm-hmm. Empty. Yeah. And they have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's kind of like what we're trying to do is hopefully people on that end of the scale, we can capture them and say, hey, well, not capture them, but just say, listen. Yeah, there's, there's more. Right. And then on the, the earlier end of scale, you know, like Jaden's age and even younger with yeah. our children, even, we can say, hey, guys, like you don't have to fall into that. Par- you can use those as tools if they're mm-hmm. purpose driven through your alignment, through connection. Yeah. If those things come to you and they're in agreement with who you truly are and what you believe you can put out there and yeah. it makes sense to you, then go for it. But know that know that it has to be aligned with you and your spirit and your that's connection. it it's the it's your aligned with your spirit aligned yeah. with that feeling because what's happening is that people are losing themselves and their identity to all of these other outside circumstances yeah. and and sometimes they attach their identity to another person or people or people or communities. Yeah. And it's like where find your authenticity. Mm-hmm. You can have both. Absolutely. You can absolutely yeah. have both, but you have to go inward. And so although we have these beautiful connections to like social cuz we are social beings, we have to figure out who we are. And yeah. it may take you 40 years to figure that out. Yeah. But if you're the 40-year-old that is found it out and figured it out, then maybe you can beautiful. teach the younger generation. Absolutely. And that's where we come in. Yeah. Is, you know, there's lots of different coaches out there. There's lots of different um, available resources for people who need help, you know, with mindset or with thinking or with mental health, or mm-hmm. with emotional sort of regulating, mm-hmm. that type of thing. But where we are is kind of saying, we're, we're, what I'm thinking we're doing is we're attracting to the people out there and saying, we know what you're feeling because we've done it. Oh my gosh. And we also know that it doesn't have to be like this forever. You don't have to be a 90 whatever year old person at the end of your life, 70 years from now or whatever, mm-hmm. and going, man, I have these regrets I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. And you know that you know alignment with mm-hmm. your life at this point is going to create far more than you could possibly even manifest in your own mind. Oh my gosh. Well, think about, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the podcast, but like in your previous life, right, of mm. going to school to be an audio engineer, mm. you were told by your in-laws your wife that that was just a hobby that yeah. wasn't that wasn't what 
and you even should be doing back that up even before like when i was a musician and wanted to take it seriously in high school yeah and i dropped out of all of my athletic endeavors because i really wanted to pursue music yeah and i did, made that switch and i mean i you watch the friends drop off from that switch, yeah right? you weren't and, the jock anymore and i was in high school right and mm -hmm. all of a sudden i'm hanging out with this crowd and god love them you know god love them all but right all of a sudden that has changed and then i say to you know family and teachers mm. and counselors and all that i want to pursue music i want to make albums i want to get out there and and perform and yeah. do all that and then watch more people drop off or watch those who are still in my life not all of them but some of them go you can't do that right that doesn't fit the format yeah and if you do that you're, you're going to bring struggle you're going to bring chaos yes. you're not going to be able to raise a family you're not going to be able to contribute you're not going to have normalcy you're yeah. not going to have you know all those things and that at that young rebellious age i'm like yeah yeah watch me right <laughs> but you know what's interesting though then like fast forward that then to our life because mm. obviously there was a whole bunch of in between but how many times did i say to you like or you said to me jeanette i can't be a musician because i have a family and i'm like but why can't you mm. it's true but and why that was can't an you old paradigm. it was an old paradigm yeah. right and what was a, the interesting thing now though when i think about that in per, like retrospect yeah is that I was called to speak mm. and energetically communicate with people. Emotionally. Emotionally, spiritually. I, I was called always to do that because my music I didn't share because it was so important to me and I wanted to really affect and change the people who were listening, but I didn't feel secure or confident in doing that. Yeah. Right? And so it was like, I just held back on all my music. I wrote it and wrote it and wrote it, recreated mm. it, recorded it, but held back on it, held back on it. Yeah. And then when I finally had these the spiritual awakening, I was like, that was all a precursor to what I'm doing now. Oh, it was totally a precursor. But yeah. you know what, though? I feel like another element to that, though, is that a lot of musicians, and you can vouch to this, is mm. that your writing was a healing process. So like some people mm. journal, mm -hmm. yours was a healing process. Yep. So for you to energetically connect and emotionally connect to a crowd, you quite literally are reliving a trauma. You got it. <laughs> and this goes right back Dang. to hijacking your emotions right if i'm going to keep replaying the same song yeah and they're based on my own experiences that were heartbreaking or torment or struggle or crisis, almost all of them are and right they're all like you said i i released it when i wrote it there yeah. was something that settled in me that was like okay i can let go of that now yeah but to recreate those every single time i play that song in front of people yeah it's like yeah that doesn't serve me yeah i love the the artistry and i love that connection but to separate myself from that yeah was was just something i i couldn't do so i cherish those songs as sort of historical documents of my when musicians can separate themselves from yeah. it because that's the, i think that is also the reality too i think that's the difference between singer songwriter mm. like and not that you're not authentic if you take us mm. a, a written song by someone else mm -hmm. but essentially i think that what happens there is that you know a huge label gets a song that's written to them mm. they hear it and they're like oh yeah i really resonate with that yeah. so i can deliver that yeah. however if they actually wrote that because they lived it, breathed it, <laughs> traumatized in it, yeah. sunk in it, pitfall in it, yeah. you know, how do you deliver that? Because it's, there um, is something so, and this just goes to show you how energetically connected we are just all over the board. And what happens is musicians, unless, you know, they're of the right sort of mindset. But when I was a younger musician and all of my peers at the time were like, we need to get signed. Mm. We need a label to give us big money so we can go out and tour and make big money, be famous, all that stuff. And what happens is that in that process, you write a really emotional song mm -hmm. that the record company loves. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, that's a hit. 
So let's hear what else you have. Okay, we can make those into hits. That's fine. Let's sign you on. We're going to make a few million dollars. You'll make some money off of it as well. So, okay, you signed the deal, signed the contract. Maybe it's a three-album three deal or something like that. Well, now you've signed the contract. You've got three albums or whatever that you have to create. And they have an expectation that mm -hmm. that one song that you've created that's going to make millions, they have an expectation that you will make more songs like that and bigger. Mm. So there's this pressure. Expectation. And expectation. And also... There's now everything's formaic or formulaic, so they can put things. We know the formulas to how to what you can give songs into AI software. Yeah, let them listen to hours of music and say AI software, please create a hit song, and boom, it'll pop one out in five minutes, and yeah. it'll be the next hit song, literally. Yeah, and so, it's because it understands our algorithm it of our energy. The algorithms of, but what happens <laughs> is that the expectation is that if you can't deliver because you've healed from that trauma, yeah. And you, you're, you're done with that and you want to evolve. And this is why musicians' careers, you say, well, the first album was great, but the second album is like, I don't mm. understand, like Alanis Morissette, mm. right? When she put out that big, the Jagged Little Pill yeah. album, like, that was all torment and that made it huge money. Yeah. And then, you know, her later albums got more and more peaceful, more self-centered and more and people are like, uh, okay, it's interesting, but yeah. lost that edge. It's lost that dynamic. Yeah. And luckily she had enough clout and enough that she could pursue that artist sort of yeah. passion. But what happens is you make one big hit the record company says, I need more. You don't do it. Then they go, okay, we're bringing in writers. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you've lost your validation to your artistry because they say yeah. you have to create bubblegum tunes yeah. that need to be reproduced all over North America, South America, all over the world. And then you have no connection to the music other than you're just performing what someone else created formulaically. And bring this back to, we've talked about this before, the whole point of our soul experience here is to create. <laughs> so mother of God, no wonder there is so much torment because you are literally in every single establishment, you are being stripped of your creativity. Absolutely. Stripped. Absolutely. And it's all for a formula of success. Yeah. And creation can look it's as wide and as various as humans are. Yeah. Oh, the creation can be your gardener. Yeah. You want to grow your food. Mm -hmm. It can be you are a dancer. You want to pursue that. Yeah. It can be perhaps you build homes. Yeah. And you creating, you're swinging a hammer and you're building homes. Like mm -hmm. people have to have some element of creativity. Yeah. Um, you know, and what is creativity? It's an alignment mm -hmm. and a connection to source or yeah. connection to your spirit. And then portraying that out there and putting that out there in some form around us for a higher yeah. vibration or higher connected consciousness for yeah. the rest of other people to be on purpose. Yeah. But now, I mean, that's not happening. Well, I mean, it is. It's because that purpose-driven life has been hijacked. So true. It's been hijacked. So, so how true. do we get back to, how do we get back to source? And I think if we all could just sit quiet on that for a second, you know, mm. and just like, again, it, like we keep on saying this, it's the gentle nudges. Yep. You know, it's the gentle nudges, you know, it's the, um, it's the, it, it's the magnetic pull, you know, mm -hmm. to certain people and experiences. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can, I can attest to, you know, even myself in some of just even the last little bit, I have been getting a lot of nudges from the universe that are mm -hmm. like, you need to actually meditate more. Mm. Um, breath work was a really big one mm -hmm. that kept on being like funneled into me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is going to be a, I, hopefully we can remember this for, for next week, but Jaden and I had a really beautiful conversation about mm -hmm. the divine feminine and the divine masculine mm -hmm. and how it might be different than what we might have been taught. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Mm, so we'll get on that, that next week. Episode. I think it's going to be And it's for funny because I can't wait to talk about that. Because for me, like anything that's a differentiation from source is a beautiful variety. Mm. And like the inspection and the evaluation of those things is where people branch off into so many different areas to explore. Mm-hmm. And there you can create, you know, what resonates with you. And yeah. you've now, if you if it's all the, of the same tree, mm. and you are of source, and you're you're connecting your identity yourself with source, and that you are an implement of source through whatever yeah. it is that, however you're connected with. Mm-hmm. And some people can dissect and analyze a million yeah. trillion different ways. Mm-hmm. Me, I am very like go up to the the top of that flow chart, the top of that hierarchy. And keep me hovering around the top yeah. one, two, three, maybe a little bit of split. I have the capacity to go into the mental capacity and the work capacity to analyze and to dig into oh, yeah. all of those various things. Should I mm-hmm. choose? But now I'm at this level where I, or point. I don't know if level, but I'm at this point in my own, you know, self awareness and yep. experience where I, I don't want to deal with these things. I'm solely focusing on yep. those those sort of two or three tiered levels of. But it's because it's the energy that is attracting to you. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like it's not yeah. it's not an arrogance. It's not a, it's just yeah. like that's where I'm being pulled to. Well, yeah. You used to do that because you were pulled to it because well, 15 it was years ago, 20 years ago I was pulled towards music. It was your how, soul right. evol- evolution. Evolution. And I learned everything there is to know about record labels, how to get signed. I became an audio engineer because I went to school and spent thirty thousand dollars to become an audio engineer. Like I invested all my time in in like mm-hmm. those particulars that were really really speaking to me at that yeah. point in time. And then when I got what I needed out of it, it was kind of like mm-hmm. remember when I graduated? I was graduated valedictorian mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and I did my valedictorian speech, and you know we went out as a family afterwards, and it was like literally the next day I was like. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> yes, I do. And I was just like, we just spent not thirty, right. sixty thousand yeah, yeah. dollars. <laughs> right. And you said, well, now it's time to make an album. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that that's what. It, but I oh, just yeah. feel like I reached this, this plateau. This plateau, and I it went boom, and everything cleared. I spent so many years of my life with this desire that yeah. I either didn't acknowledge myself or allowed other people to control access to yes. and believed in like those external things and yeah. believing in those people around me who mm-hmm. say are going to have a better uh, judgment of who I can be. Yep. I gave them all of that. You gave them power to I gave who? them power over me. Yep. Right. Instead of listening in an alignment to yep. what was being spoken to me. Mm-hmm. And my outcome was like, okay, well, if I do this, you know, maybe it looked like a midlife crisis or something, but if I do this, I'm going to learn how to make my own albums. And I'm going to finally become a musician. Mm, that's what I was saying to myself. Mm. But it was like a realization that occurred literally right after I, I graduated, got my valedictorianship, was ready to rock and roll. And I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, like I've achieved what I've been aspiring to achieve for the last 15, 20 years. And now I can't identify with trying to get to that goal right. anymore. I've gotten it. Yeah. So now it's Tom, you've moved past. Where are you going next? Mm. And from that point, I mean, that was nine years ago now, right? Mm-hmm. Where I was like, what do I do next? And I dabbled in making my music at the same time I was doing this career and that career, worked for the university. The production company. You know, was a teacher at the college mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I was going, uh oh, now what? Now what? And everything wasn't really jiving or resonating. Although it was kind of like, what do I do next? Big, large purpose stuff here. Mm. I didn't know, you know, yeah. I had ideas, but. It just wasn't lining up. Yeah. It just was, and then the whole idea we were talking about with music and putting yourself out there, I started going, I don't like how that feels. Mm-hmm. Like, geez, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Boom, identity crisis. Oh no, what am I supposed to do, right? Yeah. And then COVID hit. <gasps> Pause before yes. we Ooh. even go into that. Yes, yes, yes. 
because I want to bring this back to, and you just segued perfectly, is that when we when we were talking earlier about a caregiver and purpose-driven life yes. and then identity, yes. what happens, and, and I see these as like two main things, is that when you're a caregiver and you are caregiving for solely for one person and you haven't actually looked in mm-hmm. to see what is it that you want, mm-hmm. Or what you're being called upon. What you're being called to. What are what are the pulls that yeah. are making you find who you mm-hmm. as a soul coming mm-hmm. to earth here <laughs> for? Like they're they're two and they, yes, run parallel. they run parallel. You can do both. I love that. Right? How and many that's people don't listen to those pulls? Nobody. No, right? How many people are? Yeah. I can't. Well, well so we many didn't people for so long. See. You're right. We didn't. We thought we were. I mean, I kind of always had a nudge and a hint. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was like it would represent itself musically because yep. music has energetically been with me since I was so young. And I thought, yeah. music, music. However, when I learned audio engineering and then later now during COVID and stuff, I realized that one of the things we teach about is vibration. Mm. All music, all sound, everything sonically, every single thing is of a particular frequency, mm-hmm. particular hertz. Mm-hmm. It's of vibration. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything, doesn't matter what it is. The car going by you, my breath right now, my voice, you know, the dog outside, this home, the earth, this universe (laughs) is vibrating. The millions of And so that segued me from audio engineering and understanding, you know, harmony Mm. and beauty and how things line up perfectly and they sound so wonderfully musical. Mm. So that if you can be in harmony with the universe or with, the alignment of God or harmony with mm-hmm. God, then how beautiful is that song going to be? Oh. Right? So that's where it went for me is I took my audio engineering and then it applied directly to spirit right now mm-hmm. because vibration is the center of all things. And when you vibrate, you know, the idea behind Reiki and energy healing is that you as the healer, you connect to source. And that is the most profound, most beautiful, most loving, most caring vibration of all, mm-hmm. all powerful, mm-hmm. all beautiful, omniscient omnipotent Mm -hmm. when you as the healer connect to that you are now vibrating on a way that anything connected to you must vibrate at Mm. the same because it is the strongest vibration that is occurring it's a universal law human beings with our brains we get to decide whether or not we want to do that Mm. we get to our brains become do we decide yes am i going to be distracted and run away from this or am i going to align and say "Ooh." Mm. and that's what this is all about that's that's where i'm at now that's yeah. where audio and my musical pursuits from 30 years ago brought yeah. me into you know playing music and playing bars and a life of struggle and hardship brought yeah. me into adventure recreation which was understanding myself yeah. which was then getting into relationships that didn't work which was yeah. then pursuing my passion and dream of being a musician again getting into audio engineering yeah aligning with the purpose and understanding of audio engineering and vibration led me to my spirit and connecting to vibration and deciding that knowing that this is what I have to do yeah. and I have to allow space and give people space so that mm-hmm. they can vibrate at their own frequency and connection to source as well. Oh my God. Yeah. I love it. You know what we should totally drop? <sighs> One of the songs that you did. I, I know you're like, Oh God, I don't want to do that. But mm. let me okay, tell you okay. though. No, no, I'm listening. The, you are divine. Okay. I'm listening. Imagine like, think about that. You wrote that song in 20, 2000. Yeah. It was a while in ago. 2000 ago. Yeah. when none of this ever was a thing. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is that do you remember my, my sister's ex that 
knew you at that time. Yeah. And when he found out that we were dating and I didn't know that he knew you. Yeah. And he starts singing your song. Oh, right. And I was like... How do, How do you know that? <laughs> I was like so creeped out. I was so creeped out. I was like, this is the weirdest thing that's even oh, happened. That's so but you know what? What? We're talking about energy right now. Yeah. Was it not that that song mm-hmm. connected with his soul on an energetic level mm. that he remembered that song? Mm-hmm. That song is different than the one you're asking me to Oh, is want it? to add to the podcast, but still, oh, well, then it what's would that have song been, name? um, it was called Namaste. Oh, okay. And it was just like, but the, I remember just the words are like, you are divine. Um, yeah. Well, that whole song is like a very slow, it's like a seven minute song. It's like a meditative song. I don't even think I have a copy of that on anything recent because it was okay. something of that time period that I don't think I kept a re- or the records that I had were in a computer. That computer was before phone, CDs. So that was, well, it is what it was, what it was. Right. But it was just me like being very, very, mm. you know chanty droning mm. in my expression and that song is like he listened to it and he would say like man i just vibe to that song yeah. and i would have given his friend at the time a copy of that so he might have a copy right. of it somewhere but it was very like meditative yeah you know and the idea was i mean i was going through transitions of energy and understanding and growing and all that yeah and as you know not all of my songs were about struggle some of them were about like well that's being it, it gracious one of the yeah thankful and yeah five or ten percent yeah but most of them were struggles <laughs> yeah. anyway isn't that interesting though because i just i just look at that connection that magnetic pull what was it about that song that made him think about that because that would have been 10 years ago that no, he would have no no 10 years ago that he would have sang it to me oh okay, okay. right yeah. 10 years before that is when you would have written it yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> interesting yeah. it's, the, there more. are no coincidences right 13 mm. 14 years ago <gasps> Exactly. Yeah. There are no coincidences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll look through the songs and see what I'm comfortable, right? Because there's an exposure <laughs> there that, like, that is more vulnerable. That's making me more vulnerable I than know. this is. And I mean, we've talked about some interesting stuff on this podcast, mm-hmm. and things are even more interesting, and things can get way out there. Yeah. But that stuff makes me vulnerable. And I think it's the vibration and the song and the emotion that's attached to it. That wall, just like we talked about. Right. I get it. I get yeah. it. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It is. I it just is. love to push your buttons. I know. And you do. <laughs> and lovely because we all have free will. <laughs> I get to say, yes, I'm in alignment. Or um, no. that one kind of feels off vibration. <laughs> then I have to say, fine. <laughs> uh, no, but it's good. Anyway. I mean, this is why we work, right? Love you. Is, okay. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Love you too. All right. I think that's the end of this. But this is, I this think so. Strange. This is I love you all. <laughs> I love you all. I love you too, right? This isn't just about us. So anyway, thank you for tuning in. This was uh, podcast number mm. six. Um, things are evolving. We've got lots more coming up, so stay tuned. Um, we're so grateful and we're so thankful for you showing up with us every day and or whenever these come out. And for listening, this is so good. I yeah. hope this sparks something in you, uh, like it does us. We are just regular people that are not just regular people, just yeah. like all of you. Yes, <laughs> love it. That's all I got, folks. Thanks right. so much for tuning into Energetic Armor. We'll see you next time. Next time. All right. Bye.